And we are recording the first episode of Inner Thoughts, which is a new kind of idea, and it's going to be slightly different to the usual episodes. We're basically going to go through things that we've seen this month, um, all about creativity still, but stuff that's in the news, things that we've seen on social media, and do a bit of a review and a commentary. So it's a bit more of a fun episode, not so much about career paths. And as usual, if you like this, then give us a review on Spotify. For a photographer or a painter at the moment, it must be horrendous. Because you want to get yourself known, get your work out there. But then you're also opening up to people seeing it and going, I like that, I'm so they copy it. Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, going to chat GPT and like, you know, I want this picture to look like so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. but I feel like it partly amplifies something that was already there so like when is an idea an entirely new idea because mm. at the end of the day you take em- in everything from your surroundings and we I, I spoke about this with um ray in episode three um it's almost like you're this like processing machine mm. and then mm. you kind of like take all this stuff in process it and then and then you have like a product that you kind of spit out, which is like an expression. Mm. Your like creation. I mean, ultimately, I think, you know, um, typing into AI, you know, make my image look like Van Gogh. At the end of the day, that's not going to be a Van Gogh. It's never going to be an original piece. So, so I think there's always going to be, you know, a digital artist and photography, I think it's so more complicated, but in terms of physical art, you know, it's never going to be the same as actually owning an original piece. There is still going to be a value there. Um, I mean, legally, there's obviously going to be lots of conversations happening, and I imagine behind the scenes everywhere for, you know, um, collectors and, and artists and you know, legal teams are already going to be scratching their heads about how the hell do we start to write AI usage into contracts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see it being not too dissimilar to the birth of the internet when the whole world is going, well, that's it, no one's going to buy books anymore because you can go online and just read a book online. Definitely not the case. As as we saw it today, there are clearly now, if if anything, now there are more books than there has ever been. But they hold more value, what I think now, to the people who do still appreciate and buy and read real books. Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess and I guess the point I was leading to was knowing that the piece that you own is an original painting by an original artist or a signed print mm. by that artist is far more going to outweigh anything that you can, you know, do hammily yeah. using, you know, current AI software. As good as it is, it will look like somebody's artwork. And, you know, I guess it's difficult when it becomes then used commercially by uh, by somebody else. So say, say you're a business and you want to create an advert of something that looks like Banksy, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you use a bit of AI. um, Then how does that then work legally? I mean, Banksy's probably ripped off more, you know, (laughs) so many times anyway. He's probably given up. But he did a piece almost about that didn't he because he went into i think it was times square and sold postcards yes. where it was actually an original 
and people didn't know it was him, obviously. Mm. And then he was selling these. I think he, actually, I think he was giving them away. If yeah, I remember, that people could buy for a couple of bucks, yeah. like any other, like a lot of other street artists out there yeah. that do a lot of those kind of things. And he did it as a way of basically going up, up yours to people that were spending a ridiculous amount of money painting, even down to the one he famously did where he then shred it. It's like, you want to take my painting and put it away? Well, I'm just going to shred it right in front of your eyes. I mean, you know, the guy actually bought it then sold on for way more money because the notoriety of what actually yeah. happened then actually pushed the value of the things out, yeah. which, you know, That's a separate story in itself. In, it, in, it, in itself, a French, French pop artist called Mel Duchamp, Marcel Duchamp, he famously signed Uri Rhino and sold it as a piece of art. Mm. What he was doing was literally taking the piss. That's like anti art, isn't it? But yeah, you know, AI is, is, is going to be here. It's here to whether we like it or not, it's here to stay. I think tool, the trick we have it's yeah, ultimately, it is a tool. And if the tool can be helpful, then it yeah. can only be a good thing. And but I think the, it depends how you're using it as well because. People have always had, well, maybe not exactly the same tools, depending on how much money you have and things like that. But say, like, a long time ago, when everyone had the same sort of paints, like, everyone had the same materials to start mm -hmm. with, the same tools to create their work. But it depends on how you use those tools. You could use AI in your art to help your process or to help you make more copies yeah. of something or whatever. It's the same as industrialization and that's like printing exactly. newspapers and things yeah. like that you know the, the, the i mean i use i use ai uh, quite a lot in, um and i know some, some of that i just do because i enjoy playing around i've got some of my own art pieces i don't get that but commercially some of the stuff i've done for work has been used commercially not massive of it mm. we'd always we'd always rather use an original piece or or source something by an artist but in some cases where you know there are budgetary constraints or you just can't quite find the right image, then you, you know, we do use AI. And it is what it is, but I think it's, I think it, over time, it's one of those things will come out in the wash. You know, it's like, with, you know, everyone's worried about um, books being written by ChatGPT. Mm. So, but, you know, if you were to write a book and say, can you write my book in the style of J.R. Tolkien, and it goes up and creates a version of Lord of Rings yeah. or whatever, anybody then reading it is just going to go, that sounds remarkably like Lord Rings, you know, and you know, students that are using it to write their essays. Well, if a whole class of is, <laughs> they're all using ChatGPT. I would say that it then depends on the prompts, because you're not going to get exactly the same thing every time. It depends on what true, people have typed it. True, but we all have a voice. Yeah. And we write in a voice. Yeah. Even if you write badly. I write badly, but it's my voice. That's because I probably talk badly. <laughs> um, I, I write. self depreciate <laughs> I, I, I write like I sound. That's, that's the only way I know how to write. Chat, and chat you can't, you can't do that. Well, it can because you can train it to like. And like train it with your voice or your tone. It could no, it could do with my literal voice, but not how I write. Oh yeah, but I think the other thing is as well, depending on how it kind of moves forward. You just, and, I think you just intuitively know. But at, at the moment, it is sort of reference points are things in the past, aren't they? So like it doesn't have the same. Um, ability to evolve as we do as actual yes. thinking, feeling people. Because yes. 
that's something that I found like in my own kind of journey with creativity, like story, whatever. Like as I've changed as a person, my concept and way that I'm creative has also changed. Like I loved painting when I was younger and that evolved into like drawing, which evolved into really detailed drawing, which evolved into like a little like buffet of different things at like art college mm-hmm. and now I went to uni. Like it's changed every step of the way and AI can't do that as like a person. Correct. Yes. The common thread between all those things is you. Yeah, I mean, you know, whether it gets to a point where you've got a supercomputer powerful enough to just basically tell Jack, chat GPT, read all of Google, yeah. and then, <laughs> you know, like a, yeah. to the point it becomes, you know, almost sentient. That's one thing. I'm not obviously not, I'm not futurist, I can't predict the future, but um, I, 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 I can't see it. You know, in the same way as we still buy books, the same way as we still listen to LPs, you know, fine art is still massive. Um, for as long as there's creativity tools yeah. in a way that's good for humanity mm. and morality, which we all know won't, but, you, but people will know, people will spot when it's a fake. You know, I think you know, even down to what's been happening with the, um, the, the, the voices in, in, um, in the Hollywood system, the studio systems, where um, they're fighting against AI because of Things like ChatGPT, where you know the worry that scripts are going to be written by a computer mm-hmm. and that they're going to get out of a job. Well, I completely agree. Yeah, it's something they should be concerned about. But based on a large drop that comes out of the Hollywood system, mm-hmm. my argument would be is well, be a bloody good writer. If you're a really good screenwriter, you should not be worried about AI. Yeah. Um, I think it also depends on what your craft is. The thing thing that I think will be interesting is kind of on the outside, people who, I don't want to say people who aren't creative because I don't believe that anyone's not creative, Mm. but people who aren't actively participating in creativity and they just want to like acquire it, like they want to fill up their gallery wall or they want to fill up their shelf with books because they want to look like someone who's getting involved and that in a way is their way of getting involved but I feel like it will be different for those people because they'll be the ones who are buying these kind of reproductions or like AI generated art and they may not be able to tell Mm -hmm. the difference Mm -hmm. because they're not tapping into it and like interacting with the art or the writing or painting, whatever it is, yep. in the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like using your like human qualities to interact with someone else's human qualities mm-hmm. that is the product of what they've expressed. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a human interacting with something which hasn't been created with that thinking, feeling mm-hmm. kind of system, it doesn't resonate in the same way. You're not like, oh, I can relate to this in this way, or mm-hmm. I see myself in this, which is... I think why we appreciate art in a way, it's kind of seeing like a reflection, like a mirror to yourself. It's like internal dialogue or you Mm. see yourself in the picture or whatever it is. Good art is is storytelling and it will will talk to you or connect you in in a way that no computer just can't yet. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I keep caveating yeah. with yet because the way that it's progressing is potentially quite terrifying. Yeah. You know, you see some stuff in music and goes on, you just go, that's actually pretty clever. You can, yeah. you, can, you know, the fact you can now like listen to Freddie Mercury singing a, a weekend song or, yeah. you know, it's like, how, what, how, what, how? You know, but then that still had to start with Freddie Mercury's creativity. Yeah, and that only works because you're connected to Freddie Mercury's voice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it at the moment is still very much gimmick. Yeah. You know, not, and, you know, and not being used properly. Yeah, correct. Um, and so commercially, it's still finding its feet. You've got the mm -hmm. likes of Adobe, which are using, you know, AI with Firefly as part of, you know, their um, off-the-shelf Adobe package, which is, you know, at the moment is predominantly driven, as you sort of alluded to, that thing of, like, you're a small business, you want to get an advert together, mm -hmm. you've not got crazy money to spend on stock imagery or hiring an illustrator, you want something that's bespoke because you've got a set business. You know, you can relatively easily create something yourself, mm -hmm. but then you can stick on your social media yeah. and your up and running and making that making accessible. Yeah. You wouldn't figure, you know, a vast majority of the content that's done currently, you would not stick on a canvas and frame. Although you could. Yeah. Um, yeah, and some people in mid are, are doing that. There's resolution issues as well, you know, but again, it's not going to be long before those images are too high resolution and these yeah. other things. And, you know, I've been seeing stuff recently, which is like mid journey, but video, you know, it's far from photo real currently, but it's not going to be that many years before it isn't. Yeah. I think this is another thing with AR. I think it's gonna place not like more monetary value, but more like kind of emotional value-ish, or like tangibility, but not money. If that yeah. makes sense. So like, if someone well, like NFTs. Yeah, exactly if someone's <laughs> if someone's gone to the trouble of actually making something like with their hands, mm. I feel like that's almost going to be worth more to people because someone's taking the time to do it rather than going into chat GBT or mid journey or whatever and they're kind of like make this thing yeah. not that there's anything wrong with mm -hmm. that but i'm just saying there will be a difference between something like we said in episode one mm -hmm. is it artistic or is it artisan like yeah. where's that kind of Difference between different ways of being creative. Digital art still it's still very much place to play. Yeah, yeah. And people that can that paint digitally because they either can't physically paint, and that yeah. could be down to you know disabilities or whatever, but also access to you know or money for paint. I mean, there's there's ways in which people can express themselves and digitally could could end up being a result of that. Um, but that's when it's used for good as well, isn't it? Like it's say you're like. Uh, you know, we went to the mm. Satan Makers Christmas Market mm. at um, mm. God's House Tower yeah. the other weekend. So, like, I bought a print from Ollie Knowles, and he was saying that his illustrations are like digitally created. Yeah, so you take a photo and then use illustration. Yeah, he still, he still goes to the trouble of yeah, taking yeah, the yeah. photo, he still technically draws. Yeah. Um, and, Other choices and yeah, and that still that enables him to make enough prints that once he sells them, he mm. can actually make more money probably because he's got multiple copies exactly. than he would be able to if he had one painting that's one hundred and twenty pounds or whatever. Because mm. 
you can only sell a certain amount or only make a certain amount of those and then you also have to have enough people who have enough money to mm. come along and buy that which is like not yeah. always going to happen is mm-hmm. it when you're sat there thinking when is my next sale going to be yeah. which is stressful yeah exactly but no, you're right. Think, you know, t- that tan- tangibility is still a very much large part of the creative value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, physical physical media, I think, would always. I mean, you know, we look at things like streaming and things like that, and we're talking about cinema before, where people now aren't maybe going to cinema quite as much as they used to. They're just relying on streaming, or they're not, or or people aren't buying, you know, four K. Blu-ray or Blu-ray or DVDs or whatever it might be. But I think those things will always have a place because of, it's that exchange. It's that here is my money and I want something in return. Mm. Uh, you know, a, a, a slightly bigger conversation is is the money thing, and I think that's partly where a lot of people there is so many financial problems is because that tangibility aspect of money is disappearing. Yeah. People have, you know, their accounts on their phones or contactless devices where there is no longer that thing of like, here is some money and I want that thing in exchange for that. It's almost invisible. Mm-hmm. So I can just keep tapping my phone, I can keep getting things or keep tapping my car and I can keep, keep getting things. Yeah. And like with media, it's like you watch it and then it's gone and you just, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've, you've paid that money for it and then it's no longer, a th- you don't have anything. Um, it's a big conversation. We don't have any answers for, but I yeah. think it's certainly quite an it's an interesting thing to add into into the mix. Just particularly when you look at things like digital art and NFTs and things like that. Is the exchange of digital currency for something that only exists on a hard drive somewhere mm-hmm. is quite a it's a, it's difficult for me to get my head around. Mm-hmm. That's partly because of I think it ties into things which don't necessarily fall under the umbrella of creativity as well. It's like our concept of quantity and effort is like, say someone, I keep using painting as an mm. example, like yeah, yeah. painting obviously isn't the only branch of creativity, that's the first one that comes to my head. Mm. So when you paint something and say it takes you 30 hours and you sell it for 300 pounds mm. like people don't have a concept of how long 300 hours or 300 pounds actually is yeah it's like it's either 30 hours or it's 300 pounds and they're like i don't want to spend that much money yeah. i don't want to yeah. pay you that yeah. much money but i want what you've made yeah but it's like yeah oh any i mean yeah any creative industry yeah. That is, it's a, it, it is a massive problem. Yeah. You know, my, my day job working for a full service agency where we do websites, branding and advertising and everything in between. You know, when you're, when you're, when a client comes through the brief and you then going to give them a quote, you know, sometimes I'm like, how much? Why are you charging me that? Or I could go anywhere and get that done. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me wants to go, well, God, then good luck to you. Yeah. Um, this that thing what they don't appreciate is there's been there's a team of people there that have got you know 20 30 years of experience doing what they're doing that's what you're actually buying mm-hmm. yeah yeah you, you're paying for a website which you could get on wix for a fraction of the cost 
but you've got a load of people that have got a lot of digital experience who know how to build websites, who know how to structure websites, create content for websites. Yeah. So, you know, if you choose not to see the value of that, um, good luck to you. But we end up finding, trying to find a happy medium because obviously we need to need to work in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't just can't wait, say, well, good luck to you, then go and get use a web website. We can't go, well, okay, we can do it a different way. You try and look at it in a different light and go, well, okay, we, we structure the content. If you you give us what you've got, means we don't have to do half of it. So yeah, you find it comp- speeds up your find, work. Yeah, it speeds up our workload and you find yeah. a compromise. Yeah. You know, we, do, we do find ways you need to get around. It, it is very difficult sometimes for other people to see the value, particularly mm-hmm. in the digital age. My view on that is it's like, well, if you value your business, why would you do that? It's funny when you say that, actually, because it makes you think. So say it's almost like your experience or you as a graphic designer becomes the like AI. So like the person who wants to work done comes in and like them giving you a brief is almost like this prompt. So and just instead of it being a whole like digital computerized system, it's it's essentially the same thing. Well, you know, like we may have just created a own business scale where we have a website that is basically a chatbot, but I'm I'm the chatbot. Yeah. So it's like a thing that pops up. You just tell you what to do. It's like an instant. I am your AI designer. What is it you would like? It's like like, it is interesting. Do you know what I think part of it is as well? Painters. I mean, you know, painters. Sorry, mean to. But I was just thinking back to the whole thing about fine artists. You know, artists now that paintings are selling for literally millions. This week they found a long lost Botticelli news this week. Yeah. Uh, which is likely to go for crazy. You know, actually, to think the eye watering amount of that painting would be paid, it's, it needs work because it's not good. It's, you know, <laughs> but it's still a Botticelli thing. But, um, but, you know, at the time, they were, in most cases, they were, they were giving away paintings just to eat. But yeah, being so, at the same time as him, yeah, yeah. he'd be like, any other person. Yeah, you know, there, was, there was no, very little value for the back then because they weren't, there was no notoriety. So yeah, I mean, you know, we, we like to think it's something, a new problem, but it really it's is. Not. <laughs> really no. really. And it's just amplified something that's been brewing for a long time, which is like contactless was part of it. Social media is like the pace of things and we almost want to be removed of having to interact with people. Mm-hmm. And COVID was almost like manifesting a more obvious kind of yeah, yeah. way to show but, um, that that's happening. Yeah, I mean, but I genuinely feel that a lot of this will, over time, will come out of the wash. Yeah. I genuinely do. You know, BitTorrent's pretty much Bitcoin, sorry, not BitTorrent, <laughs> Bitcoin. I was going to say, that's for like stealing films Steal and music, stuff, isn't yeah. it? Um, but Bit, Bitcoin, you know, that's pretty much died, isn't it? Right? Yeah, what happened to NA? FTs as well. Well, I think still NFTs are still happening, but I think a lot of people have also realised that they can set up even done things like through other channels and go more independently, that they can find ways of setting up themselves. They were basically happened is that you get these like online kind of they like to make themselves out as being art collectors or you know like galleries that would basically they would sell the art for you, but then they take huge amounts of commission. Mm. And as you pointed out, digital can actually be replicated. So as I think of like, well, do I go down the route of selling one piece of art as an NFT that I don't have to pay a large percentage to a, mm. an online art dealer for, 
Um, or do I go on an Etsy or Shopify or whatever and I sell them as prints and I can sell potentially quite as many as I want? As an, as an AI artist, that is a, you know, something I've certainly looked into myself personally. The moment you then start to capsulize it, you, in the case it becomes a business, you realize, you know, someone says, you know, I want a print of that one, and I want a print of that one, and I want that one framed, and I want this one of that size, and that and that, that size. So you realize you just give yourself a load of work. And is it really, is the juice worth the squeeze? Thank you.